So we are at Hot Cocoa Mamas featuring my beautiful, brilliant, bossed up co-host, Sherelle, um, that you will hear me often refer to as Crenshaw. Santana <laughs> um, <laughs> and myself. Um, so I want to begin this show by stating that it's not lost upon me that, um, and us, that um, after like a four year, what I'm gonna call a hiatus from Hot Cocoa Mommies as a podcast, we had started it four years ago. Crenshaw at the time was a producer, um, but it, it's not lost upon us that as we come together in this discussion on you know May 30th, 2020, Four years ago, we were launched. We had launched around this time four years ago, and Hillary Clinton was running for president against Donald Trump. And you know, we were coming off of the Ferguson uprisings that had happened um, in like 2014, 2015. Um, you know, there was so Michael Brown's death there was Philando Castile which was also in Minnesota there was Alton Sterling um, in Baton Rouge there was Sandra Bland the year before Freddie Gray so I, I want to make sure that we honor the fact that four years later we we decided together that we were going to restart this podcast um, a few weeks ago and this was before everything had transpired and since then we have just um, it feels like we've been inundated with, um, you know, the, the killing of Black bodies, including Breonna Taylor, um, Ahmaud Arbery, and most recently, um, George Floyd. So right now we are seeing the world or the nation, I should say, literally erupt in protests um, because of mainly because of George Floyd, because George Floyd was a police officer, um, was killed by a police officer who literally had his knee in his neck um, for eight minutes um, as he screamed and yelled that he couldn't breathe and he screamed for his mom. And, and this is a grown man. Um, and he ultimately passed away at the hands of police. So I just want to start the conversation to see like it, it is a heavy moment in time right now and I feel like the energy of the world is really heavy so I want to see just kind of how we're each each of us are are doing as black mothers as m black mothers of black boys in particular but black girls as well um I just wanted to see how each of us is doing so either one of you guys can start yeah I'll start um like I was just saying is I'm tired, like physically and emotionally, this is draining. It's, um, it's traumatizing. It's overwhelming. And it's hard to even put into words just how frustrating, sad, angry, you know, all of this makes us, it makes me, um, I've been overwhelmed for since Ahmaud Aubrey, you know, seeing that. And then Breonna Taylor, and then right off the heels of that is, you know, Floyd. And this is, it's sad. It's, it's really, it, I don't even know. I, it's so hard for me to put into words. There's no way, you know, you can, you can adequately explain just how devastating the situation is. 
and to have to, like we were talking the other day, re-traumatize yourself every day by watching it, you know? Um, but then recognizing that this is the only way that you can even hope a small amount of justice will be served is by having to share it and we and rewatch people who look like our our sisters, our moms, our brothers, our our husbands, our kids eventually, you know, die in the streets. It's insane. Um, so for me, I'm not okay. I'm tired. You know. Um, my sentiments are almost identical. Um, I don't have. I'm a very wordy person. I don't have a lot to say. Um, the lane that I have chosen to take in this, um, is a lot different from most of the people that I know. Um, and it is definitely to encourage, uh, the people of color, um, you know, just about the way that we handle this and the way that we present it to our kids, because it is such a fine line, um, of, I am exhausted. I am tired. Um, and I am traumatized. But uh, what I don't want to do and what I have seen done um, heavily is uh, state that to our kids, but not state um, almost like not really encourage our kids that uh, encourage our kids to be proud of being Black regardless of what the world is saying and um, be proud genuinely love yourself regardless of what is happening yes we are being you know killed and torn down but your skin color is not um you should not hate yourself and it's and, and that's what i've been I, I teach it to my kids i've been pouring that into my kids but i've also been telling other fellow parents um and mothers specifically like please be very careful this is a it's this is a tricky time and it's like it's a fine line because i get I get it, but I'm also like, I can't um, put that burden and put that um, hate, self-hate on my kids. I, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Because um, really, that's that's what's happening. It's like, I have a, I was going to say their name, but I have someone that I know. Um, and they're like, you know, it is, you know, it's exhausting being Black. And, you know, it's almost like I hate it. And, you know, I tell my girls, um, pretty much to hate it too. And I'm like, that's not the way, you know, that it's not, it, it doesn't help. It really, it really just, it just makes it worse. But um, that's what I said, just the lane that I've chosen to take is just to encourage, um, to figure out real solutions, to come together um, as a whole, you know, not just black people, but every single person coming together as a whole to figure out what is it that we can do um, to move forward because it is, it's traumatizing that it, it there's no other word. It's traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to understand that like we are all experiencing as black people, every single time you witness another black body, um, die on camera and you witness it over and over because everybody is sharing it and every news outlet is, is you know, um, playing the video and you hear, you're hearing this cries for help. I'm just understanding that we are actually experiencing vicarious trauma, like literally. And so, um, and, and I think that that is 
really powerful for us to understand as we move forward and as we deal with it in the moment and then as we we, we move forward is that you know when we're talking about um as we will soon the the there are protests that are happening all over the country right now and we have to understand that there is a such thing as vicarious trauma and it is a real thing and it is something that we are actually literally living through and dealing with every single time we watch somebody that looks like us because guess what nobody else has to watch people that look like them die on camera over and over again and that is not normal and that is not natural um so what you know, what are you guys, I, I, I want to, before we discuss the riots, because I think that's important, um, but what are you telling your children? Like, how do you talk to your kids about, um, you know, the things that we're seeing with regard to police brutality, as well as this, you know, what would be, I guess, considered or classified like the vigilante justice in the case, like in the case of Ahmaud Arbery, where it wasn't, um, I think he, one of the guys was a retired police officer, but it wasn't at the hands of, you know, active police, policemen. What are you, how are you having this discussion with your kids and your family? Um, <clears throat> for me, I think, cause I'm like, I, I'm sure, uh, Sherelle's like, well, I haven't had it with my son just yet. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> my, my baby's really little, so I'm just <laughs> hugging him a lot lately. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anaya, I, I, and the communication is just super open and honest. And I asked her today, cause I've actually had so crazy this week. Um, I felt led to just get an eye as friends. Um, quite, quite a few of them. I think at one point this week, y'all had about 15 kids in my house. Um, so, but <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had about kids here and they were, um, and they were old, older, like an eye literally her age um with my little kids um and I was just today and yesterday we were just talking about it and I'm just asking how do they feel you know what just what are your thoughts because it's I definitely have told Anaya in the past um kind of explained to her like just what has happened um with the police killings and um it being black people and it being um, obviously wrong and um, to me a, a, just a corrupt system of some sort but also um, trying not to scare her and trying to say uh, trying to let her know that yes that we have a it's a bad system it's flawed we have to figure out how we can get it to a place that it, police are protecting us for real you know um, and doing their jobs and doing what they're supposed to do um, and also trying to balance of saying not all police are like that. Um, and also finding the balance, literally I've had like, it's like I'll, I'll bounce from this is what's happening. This is, you know, unfortunate. Everyone's not like this, but you gotta be, you know, it's literally like, hey, it's like, a, you gotta be careful um, because this is our reality. You know what I'm saying? And what I have always, preach to her is I need you to live to tell the story mm -hmm. um, so in in any encounter you are to comply um, comply to whatever they're saying do what you need to do I need you to live to tell the story that is that is what I'm I mean that is what I've told her countless times um, I mean just in any instance I'm like this this is how you need to handle this situation and 
um, it's unfortunate. It's not fair that you have to go through this. You have to, you know, I'm, I have to uh, drill you on what you do, how you do it, how you say it. Um, but um, I think I, I feel like I've done a pretty good job because she, she doesn't necessarily fear the police, but she is very on guard. She's like, okay, you know, I know yeah, things may things have not always worked uh, worked out in our favor. You know, it's colored colored people, black. I say colored, but black people. So <laughs> colored, but I say black people. But things have always not worked out in our favor. So I have to be on guard, like my mom said. But I, I don't see um I don't see a fear in her. So I feel like it's a balance. Ugh, it's a balancing act. And um, it, Santana, you say colored people for real. I no, I don't. <laughs> people of color <laughs> that's what i meant to say people of color but uh black people but i don't say color people i've never said that actually but um, <laughs> and Chris, I was i meant to say people of color black people but um but yeah no i it's definitely a balancing act um for context how old is anaya she's 14 right right right, right. Um, and she's seeing on TikTok and Snapchat and, um, all the, all the latest trending sites, um, uh, white people be racist. Um, she, today she told me a bunch of kids had shirts that said, I can breathe. And I was wow. like, I was just so taken back. I was like, does she uh -huh. experience it at school? What school um, does she go to? She goes to um, she, it's pretty. It's uh, probably like sixty percent black. You're in Marietta, uh, right? No, I'm in Douglasville. Um, so it's about sixty percent black. Um, so she hasn't necessarily experienced it. Um, not not what she's seeing online, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um like not if it, it not like overtly can, or yeah like i can breathe or um i can the, breathe the crazy uh. girl is that not the most girl, when she told me that i i could have my heart could have stopped i was like what um and we had discussions today i was like look you're gonna have to get off of those things until i say you can get back on I, you know that's just i know people are like you shouldn't shield but listen i don't have the time okay mm. so um, no, now she can't be on it right now. It's just, it's too much. It's, my heart literally stopped when she said, I said, I'm sorry, did you say the shirt says I can breathe? Wow. I just, um, and they're kids. They're kids. They're kids, but they're being taught by their parents. And the yes, same, you know, we have to think about like the same way that we're having discussions with our children. You know, the, the other side is having discussions with their children in ways that we would not want to happen, but it is happening. Um, I'll tell you that for my kids, my kids are six and seven, and then I have a four month old. Um, and so, you know, we, I have made, I would say the mistake um, of, sometimes watching or tuning in to the news you know and it's like not or not turning it off quickly enough when they're coming in the room and so I have to be more mindful of that because they are now at an age you know I know we, like I like I talked about us four years ago having started this podcast and then 
on our hiatus. Um, and so four years ago, it, it was a little bit different if you had it on the news and you were discussing it around, you know, family members and friends and whatnot. Um, and so now, you know, everything from like my son has, I would suggest that my son has a little bit of anxiety around coronavirus. Um, he like we went to Chick-fil-A and the drive through and he's like, I don't want that. You know, I don't want to get coronavirus. Um, so like I've, I'm trying to be mindful. I think that I, I, I'm not necessarily um, teaching them the specifics of what's happening. I think that the way that I approach all of this is beyond through action in terms of like, you know, you guys know, like since, since we lasted our, the podcast, like I became a full blown ass teacher, you know, in, a, in black schools. And that's a whole experience that, you know, we'll share over time. But, um, you know, for me, the biggest thing is like, kind of to your point, Santana, of like, reminding them of their blackness. Like, if you know, my kids, you know, they are super black, super proud, you know, they're, you know, super proud of their hair and Kingston now has locks and, you know, their library is filled with books of black children and they know about HBCUs and they know about, you know, black figures in black history and they can tell you about, you know, Basquiat and Mae Jameson, all these people. And I think that that is my way of reminding them that like your blackness is so strong, it's so powerful, it's so beautiful. Um, because I know that they are going to get into a space um, and a time where that is going to be questioned and challenged. And, you know, they go, they've always gone to schools with all black kids and lived around, you know, all black people. However, you know, it, it is, my son is going to the third grade. And so we are having to teach him lessons, but they're indirectly related to the things that we're seeing. So for example, like, you know, we, we, a big thing for my husband and I is like, teaching a little almost eight-year-old boy how to just listen because it is a is it, it it and we teach it in a way where it's like because we need to be able to protect you we're not telling you to do something just to do it we're telling you to do something because it could be a situation of danger or not yeah you know and so um so that's kind of what we're doing I, I will say that you know we w when they do ask questions because again I do make the mistake of sometimes tuning into whether it's on social media or the news um you know having to say like yeah it, it, uh, somebody did die a police a police officer did kill them um however you know it's not that all police are bad it's that there are some bad police out there and, um, you know, they're starting to hear and ask questions about, you know, what, what is it, what is it that I'm talking about when I'm talking about topics such as racism and, you know, even things like for my son, personal space, I have to teach him personal space because as a black boy, you better know what personal space is for a lot of different reasons in a lot of different ways. Um, but it's, it's hard and I've been holding my babies tighter and, you know, even down to the youngest one, like, it's hard to watch people that look like the people that you're raising, knowing that their innocence does not get to live as long as, you know, people of other races, because just because of the color of their skin. Um, so that is hard. 
So as we <laughs> sit here now, the country is up in flames. And um, last night, there were, so today is Saturday. Um, the day we're recording this, is it is Saturday, May 30th. Um, last night was the first night that the Minneapolis, I think, protested it protested Thursday night um and I want to say that the main officer who had his knee in in the neck of George Floyd has been arrested um and charged with third degree murder but there were three other officers that were standing around and they hadn't been arrested so last night um Atlanta in particular but the but cities around the world New York Oakland um tonight it's Miami Minneapolis obviously um they were literally <laughs> burning, burning. <laughs> like the country is on fire so i just you know what are you guys thoughts about what's going on as as a response to not only the killing but you know taking a long time to um fire well, they fired the officers immediately i believe but they taking a long time to arrest the officers, um, not having charge at this point, the other three officers. Um, and we just tired, like we're tired. So I just wanted to get y'all's responses because there is a divide amongst our people um, in terms of like how we should be handling this. So I wanted to get y'all's kind of perspectives. I mean, it's crazy because, like, um, I have my own opinions, but I just keep asking questions whenever someone, like, we talked about this, Shannon, last night, and I just kept saying, like, why do you feel this way? Because it's really interesting. But for me, it's, what else are we supposed to do? What else are people supposed to do at this point? Um, now, you know, I talked to Shannon about this. I am personally not ever going to go anywhere and throw a brick through a window um, or uh rob anything i'm not taking anything that i have not purchased uh i'm also not gonna you know if if i was at a protest and bricks started flying i'm going home right that is who i am um but i'm also not judging people who now okay for the people who are looting that's a whole nother the whole nother topic that is okay you we don't need that 72 inch tv to help you through your grief or the but, um yeah, I, I, that, that's a whole nother thing. But like, I, you know, as I see things crumbling and burning, I'm like, okay, um, what else are, I mean, how else are people supposed to, you know, what else are we supposed to do? I, you know, I listened to Keisha Lance Bottles, like lecture us like she was our mama, which was annoying. Um, with the, you know, go home, you better than this, we better than this. Um, and I hear her. But I'm also like, okay, you're telling people to get up and go vote. We did that, right? We voted. That's how you became mayor. And yeah, <laughs> um, but we we voted, um, and four years ago, look who was elected. You know, um, I get it. You know, we have to vote in all these other elections. But I also, you know, come on now, like, don't act as if the voting process in any politician, I'm going to just say it, Democratic or Republican, is anybody that's going to help us. It is all politics. I don't, my trust is not in, in, in politics at all. I do not put my trust in Democrats and I don't put my trust in Republicans, right? Even though I am a voting person, I do go out. I vote early because I don't like standing in lines. But I just 
don't act like that's the answer that bothers me that they think that that's the answer no like it's not the answer is people like Keisha Lance Bottoms and the people we do go vote for you know actually putting in legislations that work it's an overhaul of our justice system our judicial system like and so for me I don't I'm like what else are people supposed to do people peacefully protest you know Look at Colin Kaepernick. This man lost his whole livelihood. I mean, he's still getting endorsements, but he's lost his whole livelihood, right? His career for peacefully protesting. And people were mad at this man. They are still mad. He was blackballed completely. Blackballed completely. Eric Reed, all of them, just mad at these people. They call him, they call them sons of bitches. Let's be clear. Your president called them sons of bitches. Exactly. People peacefully protest. Think about Charlottesville. They were peacefully protesting to take down that Confederate statue. Peacefully protesting. And it's insane. So my what else what else are people supposed to do? You know, I just I don't so I don't know even know how to explain how I feel about it. No, I'm not mad at people, you know, for tearing up Phipps Plaza. I don't give a damn about Phipps Plaza. I don't. I don't care about the Gucci store, you know. Or CNN um, Center. Or CNN Center. I don't care at all. Um, so that's that's my opinion. Because I, I don't know. Because I, you know, I had a friend ask me that today. Like, you know, she's 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 Mexican. So she's like, you know, what else are people supposed to do? Like, I don't, you know, I don't want to agree with violence, but I don't feel bad. And I was like, don't feel bad. You don't have to feel bad. You don't have to justify your feelings on this. It's you know, I listened to to T.I. and Killer Mike and all these other celebrities who are completely out of touch with with the rest of the world, you know, talk about, oh, you know, Black folks built Atlanta and it's Black-owned businesses. And um, maybe I'm not in the right parts of Atlanta because I don't see what they talk about. But um, Well, let's, we can talk about that. But Santana, I, I do want to get your point of view because I know yours is different. Um, it is. I, of, yeah. I, I think that um, while I understand, like I said, I understand the anger and the frustration. I cannot get with, um, uh oh, sorry. Hey! Just like Langston. (laughs) (laughs) I I do not uh, agree with burning the city down. Um, I don't agree with the vandalism. I peacefully protest, you know, protest if you must. Yes, like I I would, I would be a part of a protest, even though I haven't. um, I would, I'm not against it. Um, but the violence, I can't, I can't get with, and mainly because it's like, what on earth are we teaching our kids at this point? Um, we're telling them, we're, we're telling them, no, racism is wrong. People killing us is wrong. Violence is wrong. And then we go out and bust the windows out the Gucci store and set, uh, the two, like it was several black businesses that lost everything last night. I'm not okay with that. I'm I'm not being that I have a black business built blood, sweat, and tears. Insurance ain't that easy. None of these people talking about insurance claims have ever filed an insurance claim. I have. They didn't we they barely covered anything. They try to find loops and holes. Me and Aaron have been burned so many times with home insurance, uh, car insurance. Like you're talking about business insurance. Like people are just so that people are just like you said out of touch like you have no idea what it takes to build a business from the ground up and you're talking about burn it all down you don't have anything you know it's just it's and the people that i see posted 
don't have anything. They work in corporate America, which is, let's not get me started on that. You work in corporate America and you have the nerve to be out burning black businesses down. I just. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I'm with you, Santana. I I cannot. It's beyond me. Like one guy was like, uh, oh my God, I was infuriated. He was like, the, them black businesses, they're renting from a white person. I, I just, I, I'm just like, what, what is happening? Like, I'm, am I in a twilight zone? I don't understand. Like, wh- what is happening? What do you mean? You, you're telling me that this, like, you're just, you're, you're going to defend this? I just can't. Like, are you for, are you really for Black people? Or, or what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? So I can't agree with the violence, the burning of, because here's, it's like, people are like, oh, there'll be casualties. But it's just like, um, one of my friends said, well, don't burn the black businesses. Burn right. just white businesses. So, so now you're singling out white people who you don't know could be, they could be making moves or doing things for our community. So now you're singling out white people to burn their businesses down, that's racist. Like, so now you're doing exactly what you don't want your, you know, what you don't want your kids to experience. She doesn't have kids. Um, She's not even married, but it's just, y'all, it's a fine line. And we have, I don't have the answers um, at all. Like, I, I don't know exactly what we can do, but I know violence is not the answer. If that's what we're trying, if we're trying to instill in our kids. Um, equality for everybody. Violence isn't the answer. That's not what I'm teaching my babies. I'm not. And, you know, I understand the anger. I'm not all condemning, like, you know, on Facebook and wherever else going in on these people. But I, I'm like, <laughs> what you, what people, and like I said, some of them do realize they messed up Black businesses last night. Um, what I am trying to get people to understand is like, what's the bigger picture here? how is tearing these little like i think it was two little black girls they have a but yeah a shop in buckhead shops were completely demolished every single item they had taken busted out the even the furniture girl they took the furniture out of the store okay i'm like how does that how does that help us at this point how you know like and it's hard because i'm like i get the frustration I get the anger, but I just, it's, that's not the way, it's not the way. So <laughs> I, I, I share many of y'all's sentiments in terms of like, keep our black businesses sacred and whole. And, and those that we destroy, we must as a community figure out how to make whole. And I hope that in the wake of all of this, we can just, you know, discuss the tools that are available to us to say, what do you need to be made somewhat whole? Um, Because I agree with you, like as somebody who I don't have a brick and mortar at this point, and I don't necessarily plan on having one, but you know, I do have an online business and my mother is a business owner. And I did have to sit and think like, you know, how would I feel if it was her business that was torn down? And so I'm not and, and so I want to make it really clear that I am not for the burning of black businesses. And, and I would even go so far as to say small businesses. Um, I will say this, though. I don't care even a little bit about you burning the, or, or, you know, vandalizing the entrance of the CNN Center um, or McCormick and Schmick's. They too high anyway. 
um, or, you know, the target, um, you know, I, I, I don't have any, um, negative feelings about that because I feel like when it comes to these protests that we're seeing, this is a response to your lack of response. And so if we, we, as the people who are upset and, um, you know, have, you know, in most of the time, valid criticisms of the, 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 the uprisings, I want us to be clear that this is, is this is a response by those who have the least among us for the most part. I do want to acknowledge that there is a lot of conversation and then anytime you have organized or reactionary protests, you are gonna have agitators and disruptors that come in and, you know, start this, you know, process of looting and vandalizing to make it as though the protesters were the ones who initiated it. But regardless, we were a part of it. Let's, you know, I don't think that we should take that away from those of the people who were out there. There were people a part of it. And you could see that very clearly last night on CNN where they had, um, you know, the, there's a police station in CNN Center. And so they had the police officers kind of blocked off and the protesters were here not letting them out of the CNN Center. Um, but personally, you know, I am proud of, the fact that these images and what is happening does send a message. I think that, I think a lot of things. I think that we are not ready for a revolution, okay? We just not. We say we want one. We talk about revolutionary heroes. We talk about people like Dr. King and Marcus Garvey and, you know, white folks talk about their founding fathers, but we have to understand that we're not ready for like a real revolution yet, but this is, this is a very radical, uh, let me not use the word radical for this, but this is, this, this action that has been taken is making a very strong, sending a very strong message. And I think that the message that we should take as the as privileged black people, because I believe that's what we are, is that there are, yes, there are people that are agitating that do not belong in this conversation or in this protest and they are making, you know, a bad scene worse. But there are people who are out there that really are voiceless. You know, you, you've seen at this point all over social media where people love to quote Dr. King and say riots are the voice of the unheard um, and, or the language, excuse me, of the unheard. I, that, the quote is, I'm, I'm messing it up a little bit, but riots are the language of the unheard. And when you look at a city like Atlanta in particular, you know, as somebody who has been in APS schools, as somebody who, is, you know, teaches at an APS school, I taught last year in a DeKalb school, and the things that I've seen that literally have me coming home crying, I am not surprised that we have gotten to this point where the only thing we have left is to burn this thing down, right? And it's, it's, it's again, I wish that we were organized enough to say, Look in this store window. This says black owned business. Don't touch it. Protect it. And there was, they were trying to do a little bit of that. If you see some of the on the ground footage, they was protecting Waffle House. So somebody was like, this is Waffle Home. Y'all not going to touch this. Like, I swear to God, like 
you know, black folks won't take nothing serious. We act right. But, you know, in all seriousness, you know, I do wish that we were in a more organized space to where we knew and understood, you know, you, you, you want you, if you, if you are going to go down this road, this is where to go. This is where not to go. But the truth is this pro these protests and these uprisings. And, you know, if you consider them riots and looting, they are in response to the fact that the whole country watched a man die in, like in front of them at the hands of the police and in my opinion the responsibility lies on the police officers and the the folks in minnesota who did not act fast enough and it lies on every single um government agency police officers um, prosecutors everybody who has you know mishandled these types of situations over and over and over and over and over again and at some point you are going to reap what you sow and America <laughs> the chickens are coming home to roost and so I for me I don't want to see you know, when, when Keisha, I, I, I will say too, Crenshaw, like I was not opposed to Keisha's message because I felt like that is her job as a mayor to say what she said and how she said it. I also felt like a lot of people who, I knew people, interestingly enough, that were at the protest in front of, you know, the, the in, in the midst of all of that. And I was watching their videos and such. And so, and a lot of people would have characterized a lot of the people that were out there as kind of younger, um, you know. And so I'm okay with what she said and how she approached it. I, I, I actually didn't have a whole lot of criticism of that. And, and typically I would, but I felt like she did her job. She's the mayor of the city. She has to kind of say what she said and take she on that. choice but to say, go home, don't tear my city down. Period. Yeah. Yeah. I, t- I took it just like you said, um, with her being her coming at people like a mother. And I definitely 100% agree with um, CNN, um, with their fear, their, their fear feeding, race feeding, race baiting, division, um, scare tactics that they're feeding every single day on their news stations. Um, definitely uh, agree with Keisha with, I can't protect you in the streets. Mm-hmm. we can't you cannot that that's my that is when she said that i'm just like you can't there were people pu- having pulling knives on the police officers last night y'all it what wh- what are we telling our children like what that like what we can't protect you when you pull a knife on a police officer we can't protect you like i i can't and it's it's terrifying that we're we're telling our kids, this is okay. This behavior is okay. It's not because we can't protect you. We cannot protect you pulling knives on police officers. We can't do it. And when she said it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. She's right. Anything can happen at this point. These, we, you know, we, there are younger kids out there not understanding the totality of what they're doing. And mm-hmm. God forbid somebody trip, they got a knife trip and slash a police officer's arm. You're dead. Do you understand? Like, it's over with and you didn't even realize what you were doing you know it's it's so deep and so it's so much it's so much but I 100% agree with what Killer Mike said and what Keisha said last night I was like yes yes 
go home what you said she, and these they were babies out there last night who had they were. no were doing yeah i don't Let's, agree with the the no i'm not a violent person so i'm never gonna agree with violence <laughs> i'm just not um and I definitely, I agree. I mean, you can't protect somebody who, who does yes. harm a police officer, even though, like, that's the root of our problems. But, you know, um, and I, my, my family's law enforcement. You know, my grandfather is ret retired major, Indianapolis Police Department. So I, I often think back to, like, okay, think about him and his young career or even, you know, the, a lot of those people out there are just doing their jobs like yep. we saw all the police officers that was like man I agree with you you know like just calm <laughs> down you know the joking back and forth like a lot of yeah. them are out there just doing their jobs so for the people who are out there acting like stupid crunk for no reason that's unnecessary um and you're right it is a lot of young people I think uh, Shannon I don't remember what year it was and I don't even remember for what we were protesting anymore um I think it was um Michael Brown was it Mike Brown I don't think it was, or was it Trey? It was either Michael Brown or Trayvon Martin. No, I wasn't in Atlanta. This is sweet, but Trayvon. No, I wasn't. I was in Virginia for Trayvon. It, this was like 2015, 2016. That's I think it was Michael Brown. Mike Brown? Mm -hmm. That's so sad that you can't even remember for who. It's so many. It's so many. The protests, because I know we went to New Orleans for Alton Sterling, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. It's so many. Anyways, my point was, yeah, it was we were young <laughs> four or five years ago, younger, um, and the people that were out there were also very, very young. I feel like it was all college students that we were out there with, right? Mm -hmm. So, Sintana, to your point, it is babies that are mostly at protests, like the. But you got to think about. You have to think about the position that these kids are in, and that mm -hmm. us as a people are in. And it's and it's not just kids out there. I want to make that clear. But it is, you know, protesting is a young people's sport, in my opinion, right? Um, in a lot of ways, especially at night. Um, but I think that you have to think about the things that they experience. So, like for example, like a week or two ago, there was just it wasn't. I don't know if they were actually protesting, but. Um, it, okay, so it wasn't a full-on protest per se, but the Atlanta Police Department had just arrested some of these kids that were standing out there. You know how they stand off of when you come off the exit for selling water, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And they had yep. arrested some of those kids. So you have to understand when we say, like when Keisha said, to, I, I, can't, I told my son I can't protect you. We can talk like that, right? But you're talking about children who a lot of kids in the city raise themselves. They're being raised in multi-generational multi, multi or intergenerational homes. You know, their grandmas is doing the best they can with the limited resources. They are living off limited resources. A lot of them are mis miseducated, undereducated. They are, you know, a, a, the, the dropout rate is scary. Um, the illiteracy rate around here is scary. The fact that there are no jobs for, for young folks, there are no, you know, paths if you are not from a privileged background and can go to college. And so you are talking about people who have so much built up anger and frustration and sadness and hopelessness, and they have nothing left. And this is how that they don't, they can't stand in front of a boardroom or a board meeting or a city council meeting and air out their grievances and write letters to the mayor. They don't have the language to do that. This is all they think they can think to do. So in many ways, I loved what, um, 
it was the NAACP, if there was an NAACP representative, I don't know if she was the president um, up in Minnesota, as well as um, Tamika Mallory, that was like, it's really easy to condemn them when you are not living the lives that they're living, when you are, you know, we, I mean, think about our, the lives that we live, it's comfortable. But yeah. I'm telling you guys, it's I, well now, but I didn't grow up comfortably. You know what I'm I saying? Understand all, the stuff, I, all the stuff that you said is what I grew up dealing with. I was b basically poor. Do you understand? Like, it's comfortable now um, by the grace of God, but it's still like I look at these kids um, like my children. And mm -hmm. it, I can't, and, and because I look at each person like that, it's, a, it's my duty to teach you what to do, how to do it, how to properly do things. So if you don't see it at home, on TV, you're going to see Santana saying, this is not okay, because I love you just like I would love my, my own child. I wouldn't want my own child out there putting officers. Um, and, and it's, you know, this is the way to do things. Yes, it sucks. I grew up the same way you grew up, sweetheart. You know, that's, that's my message to most of these kids. It's, it wasn't an easy road for me, but here's the thing, like, there's, uh, there, uh, to me, it's like, there's power in, um, there's power in positive, like being positive and um, doing things, I hate to say the right way because I do, protests are, I agree with protesting, but it's like, I, I don't wanna necessarily say um, breaking the law is the wrong way because laws had to be broken in or you know in order to get to where we are right now. Do you understand? Well, so, even think about the fact that if, 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 if it had not been what we're seeing tonight and last night, we wouldn't even be talking about it in the way that we are. And so these types of protests and uprising have powers and they send very strong messages. Whether yeah. we agree with it or not, there yeah. is a incentive and there is focus being put on these cities that, that there are a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, you know, turned off by it screw them there are going to be people in particular people you know people in positions of power that are going to at least have to think about what's going to happen to my city for example when they do come down with the verdict okay they've charged this officer once they come down with the verdict oh they're going to have to think about how how that verdict is what kind of reaction that verdict is going to cause either way so it's not as though these protests are for not or for nothing right they have they have they have their place and we have to understand you know we we oftentimes forget let me hold on let me go back to the point of tamika mallory saying instead of condemning these kids uh tamika mallory and the naacp president she's, they were very much like instead of condemning these kids because because it's not as though they're saying burn this thing down i want to make that clear but it is and, and that's how you know but it is saying once this is said and done, let me show you the way. Let me give you some tools. Let me give you some guidance as to what this should and could look like and so that we can channel that energy. But I am proud that you took whatever it is that you had in the moment and you made your message. But I also want to make sure we understand we all we talk about the right and the wrong way to protest. But let's be clear, we then and we then turn around and we celebrate Fourth of July and we say, yes, America, the land of the free and the home of the brave and this, that and the third. But America was founded on protests. America was founded on riots. You know, they, they if you if, so as a fourth grade teacher, 
I had the opportunity to really go back and look at what the American Revolution really was about. And it was about going from from colony to colony, town to town, and and through from from one battle to another. When I say we're not ready for revolution, that's because the American Revolution, the British and the colonists were literally fighting at war at war, there was bloodshed to make this country what it was. This is what the country was founded on. So what I loved about what Tamika Mallory said was like, you taught us how to riot. You know, talking to General You America, you taught us this violence. You taught us how to riot. You taught us, you know, this, this is, this is, we got this from you. And I think that is a very important point to make because, you know, we, we uphold, you know, the constitution and all these things, but none of this would have happened without riots, without protests. And so it, we, when you get to a point where you're not listening, you know, we have, we, we're having a conversation about whether or not America owes the descendants of slaves reparations. You damn right they do. And guess where we are? Small change. What's the small change? We're getting people to agree to just study reparations. That's it not even agree to say that we aren't we deserve them as descendants of african enslaved people and it is insane to me so i feel like we have to make sure we are understanding the place in which this is coming from i'm not going i have been to protest i'm not throwing no brick in no window i'm not sending my child out to throw no brick in no window i'm not stealing nothing i'm not take, taking nothing that i haven't paid for i'm not you know I, I would not participate in this way. I'm not going to be out there past nighttime because I, I too want to come home to my children. And I also, but, and, but I understand that this, sometimes this type of protest is necessary and we are never going to be comfortable with it. You are never going to say, burn it down, burn it down in that way. But when they do, for me, I felt very proud because I felt like we are sending a message and you are not going to just turn the other cheek from this. You are not just going to say, if it was a regular protest, I bet y'all didn't even know that they protested that the NAACP went down to Brunswick. I think it was Brunswick is where, or Glen County to protest for Amon Arbery. Did nobody know that? Nobody knew that. Why? Because it was as peaceful as possible. Mm -hmm. It was very NAACP. Nobody knew there mm -hmm. was no national attention. Nobody cared. So people are like, well, why didn't y'all go burn down Brunswick? A, cause it's too far. They had to get on a bus. And I know this cause they got on my dad's bus. But also, also, you know, they went and they did it peacefully. Nobody knew that. But now what you are seeing is a message sent by the whole entire nation, Black people, white people, Asian people, middle class people, poor people that are saying enough is enough. We're not going to have this. And we will burn this place down before we allow or continue to allow you to kill us, period, and kill us on camera period without justice period so i feel like we have to look at the beauty of the protest even in the ugliness of the the businesses being destroyed and you know the way the city is going to look for a little while you know i hate i hate a black business burning down i hate a black business being vandalized and i want us to get to a level of um organized organization to where we know we're not touching this business we're not touching this business we're not touching this business but at the same time you know 
that's if, if you if you want re re revolution and radical change that's what comes with it the col the, the 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 british and the co and, and the colonists when they were coming in they weren't like hey. No, 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 don't burn. No, 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 not that, not that bar, not that restaurant, not that home. They was take, tearing down homes. They were doing all of that in the name of revolution. And I'm not saying we're in a revolution yet. We're not. You but, know? But, but if we get, once we get to that point, if we want to do, I'm not saying that we want to do that type of revolution. I don't want I, to be involved in that myself. <laughs> but if we're yeah. going to get there, if we yeah. are going to get to radical change, we better figure out how to make it happen real quick. Because the, because I reposted somebody that said, you better be glad that the poor did not eat the rich. Like literally, literally. It's interesting you say that. You know, I hear, um, so listen to Killer Mike talk about we got to plan, we got to organize. I feel like we have been saying the same thing over and every time since Trayvon, every time this happens, Mike Brown, it's, oh, you know, and then we got the Black Lives Matter movement. And it was like, okay. And then all the old heads was like, well, this ain't Black Panther movement. This ain't the same. You know, it was all this criticism around the Black Panther movement or the Black Lives Matter movement. And it's the same thing. Like, hear the same words, T.I., all of them, whatever, you know. We got to plan. We got to organize. We got to do, do, do things differently. Same thing you're saying, you know, we got we to gotta make it so that, you know, we know what we're doing. But then, like, when are we going to do this? Like, what, who, do, who is doing this? We, the, the people oh, that carry the burden, the people that feel, the, that, that feel this the most are, it, it's unfortunate because somebody's like, we don't have Malcolms. We don't have Martins. We do. But they're lazy. And they're at home in their houses. And they're doing you know, get, say, making statements, but no real action. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's because I, I, I have never felt like a heavy burden to be like an organizer of any sorts. But now I feel like, well, the people that's supposed to be doing it aren't doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that they're, I mean, like, I see people that are genuinely like passionate, this burns in them, but there, I see nothing. You know, I, I don't see any, anything happening. So I'm like, well, shoot, now, I'm going to have to, at this point, this is what I'm thinking, I'm going to have to step up and figure out another way outside of talking to them, because I, I, I like, uh, you know, personal connections, one-on-one -on -one connections with kids that are, you know, in, in less privileged areas, like, that's how, that's how I feel um, that I make the most oh, impact, mm -hmm. yeah, make the most impact, also my kids, like, pouring into my kids, um, because the, the, the reality is, this is who we're passing this world down to, you know, so it's, I feel those things, they burn deeply in me, but I also have now started to feel like, well, God, the people that was supposed to be stepping up ain't stepping up. So we're going so we to have to figure this thing out. You know, like, but the thing is, who's, we all got to step up. And that's yeah. the thing. Everybody has to understand we each have a role to play. And, and let's be clear, if you want radical change, it's going to come at a sacrifice. So what are you going to be willing to sacrifice? I myself, four years ago, Four years ago, I was feeling this same burn and this same passion. So I was like, I cannot step foot again in corporate America. I, you know, I felt I feel like ownership and entrepreneurship is a very radical thing to involve yourself in and a very necessary thing for us to involve ourselves in um, as black people. So I, you know, 
I got into that space. And then I felt like, I, you know, as I continued to read uh, one quote in particular that I literally, you know, live by is, it's, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. And that's by Frederick Douglass. Yes. And a lot of just my reading and, and things that I've learned and watching, you know, I, I probably watched every single black person that you can name from James Baldwin to Angela Davis and their speeches and their, and their books. And I feel, I felt called to say, I'm going to give up my corporate salary to go and teach because I needed to see what was going on. Why can't we teach kids to read? Because there is a direct link to, you know, these protesters and, and the fact that they, you know, what we consider is lawlessness, but the fact that they feel like they ain't got nothing to lose, what's up? right? If you yeah. feel like that, why? And I bet you there's a direct link between that and, 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 and the literacy rate of the people that are sitting out there. Now, that, let me be clear. There, there are a lot of different types of people out there. And I'm not saying everybody out there is illiterate and too stupid to know what they're doing. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is the least among us are the, the literacy rates. We're not, we, we, can't, we can't read. So we are relegated to certain positions and, and pretty much relegated to second-class citizenship. So for me, I felt called and I made something happen in my own personal life and it was a sacrifice. So the question is, what are we gonna do to sacrifice? Because this is all of our responsibility as black people because our black sons have to grow up in this world. Our, they are not going to ask your son or your son or my son so what your parents do? So are they, Trayvon, Trayvon Martin mom went to a school in Miami. She is educated. Jordan Davis's mother is educated. These are educated people who, whose sons could not escape the racism in this country. So I feel like it's very important to understand that it is all of our duty. It is all of our duty. We are all, we all have to find the Malcolm, the Martin, the Asada, the Angela within us and really sit down and figure out what are you going to give up? What are you going to sacrifice in the name of justice for your own people? If you're not going to sacrifice anything, we're going to continue to see this stuff happen, period. And so I feel like this is a wake-up call, again, <laughs> for Black folks, and particularly of our age, to say, what are we going to do to make sure that our babies grow up in a world where they can go play in the park, somebody accidentally hold them a BB gun because no matter what we teach them, they're going to make mistakes. And because they're too tall, because they're too big, because they're too black, they get shot down within two seconds. Hashtag Tamir Rice. You see what I'm saying? So like, we have to look at that and understand it's not the job of the, the, those with the least among us. That's, it's, it, it, they, they don't have the resources. They are literally surviving. It is our job to pull our resources together, to sit in our privilege as middle-class Black people and say, what are we going to do and how are we going to A, bring them to the table, and then how are we going to bring all of them up so that we are a united front? What are we going to do? And, I don't, and I'm not saying that you know, everybody's going to go be a teacher at all. Trust me, that is not everybody's calling. Yeah. However, I, I say I that question is, is my own. <laughs> yeah, I, no, you're so saying I think that it, it is, to me, like I said, it's a conviction for me right now because I'm like, God, I know that you called me to, you know, have personal connections with people, um, know that you called me in my home. Um, so it's just like, what, what else can I do um, that's really going to make a change because I'm not a social media activist. You know what I'm saying? I'll post my feelings every now and then. Um, and I talk because I am very vocal, but, you know, like, I'm like, I am not a... Uh, 
what you gonna do? Like what you, I, I, I'm uh, more, what can I do? How can I move to see the change? Like what, what can I tell these young kids, like you said, that are hopeless? You know, me coming from almost the exact same, how can I encourage them? How can I build them up? So I definitely am convicted to see a change um, and do something um, a little to me, look what is going to look like having those uncomfortable conversations with not just people of our color, uh, but white, you know, uh, all colors, white people, Hispanics, I mean, um, even um, Africans like that come over here, like, because they, they have a completely different outlook on what's going on, which is crazy, you know, uh, but literally like bringing people together to have those uncomfortable conversations and figure out how can we all how can we all make an impact, make a change? Like you said, um, it does come with sacrifice. And um, it, it does, it absolutely, there are things that you'll have to sacrifice. And that's just, just I, so. <laughs> I just don't want us to lose this energy and this momentum. That's all. That's like, I just, it's, I feel like we, we ride it, we ride it, we ride it. Um, and then it's like, oh, okay, it's done. I don't know what happens. I, I really, I don't know. I just, I just want as a nation, as all of these people, because like Shannon said, it's not just black and brown folks out there, you know, to keep this momentum and keep this energy as we talk about, you know, radical change, as we talk about like, you know, voting and, you know, what do we need to do to make it, to make it so that like all of these efforts are not lost. So that when we drive down downtown Atlanta and we see the graffiti on the CNN bill, which is going to get cleaned in like a week, but either way, that it's right. just it's not for nothing, right? That all of this isn't just for nothing. It that's that's all I'm saying is I listen to people who are supposed to be the leaders amongst us, um, and that's why I have the most criticism for them because like, and don't get me wrong, I love Killer Mike, right? Um, but I'm also like, okay, and what, didn't you say this a year ago? Didn't you say this six months ago? Like, I look at those that are, that have the ear of the people who can make the changes, right? And what are we, what are we doing with that? What are people doing with that? We say we got to plan and organize. And like Shannon said, the burden is not on, on, on the people that are actually out there in the streets. I mean, I know we all have our own weight to bear, but I mean, I can't call up Keisha Lance Bottoms. You know what I mean? Like, but you can. But I mean, you can. No. Okay, you know? I can. Shannon, you get what I'm saying, I hear you. right? Okay. What you I'm know? saying yeah. is, like, <laughs> Killer I'm Mike. I'm trying. I follow you. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. We can all. We can all dial and dial and all, but we not all Sean Kings. You know what I mean? Like, there are people who have the ear, the people that can make this process easier, that can make yeah. it so that we can plan and organize, like. Yeah, we can sit up here and get our phone tree and, and hit the pavement, but it's going to take us a long ass time, right? I, I think that it, in that, because that's that that's why I'm so convicted. Like, Lord, I didn't I didn't feel I don't I didn't necessarily feel called to be a let's start a I don't know something like you said Black Lives Matter that they, they they were heavily judged, but something of the sort of like you know a movement like that. I didn't feel called to do that, but it's like I don't really you know. It's like a, it's like what what else kind of what else do you do? Um, I don't feel comfortable because, like you said, I'm not Sean King. I don't have this. While I have a platform, it's not like that. You know what I'm saying? And it's almost like, well, dang, 
you know, but then I also realized you got to start somewhere, you know, so right. at this point, I realized that when I had Anaya, um, that was my starting point uh, for me heavily um, being involved in my kid's life, you know, a sacrifice of some sort to um, a sacrifice to kind of like anything that I really wanted to do. I decided that that was going to wait until, you know, I get my kids became of a certain age. Um, so there, it's just like, it's, it's, I have to basically shift my, my focus into how I look with my, you know, how I feel about things with kids. Like you have to start somewhere. It has to start somewhere. And if it's a small little, if I can only get 20 people together this month, so be it. Next month, it might be 50, you know, like we got to start somewhere, even if it's just my little, you know, 12,000 follower platform and only six people show up. It's just like, um, you got 12,000 followers? Well, it, girl, literally 13 now. It grew. Do that. Good for you, Santana. <laughs> this I think I had like 400. <laughs> but yeah, it's like using that platform to, um, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty vocal, but using it to actually get people together to see physical change, like not just posting cute memes and uh, these long dissertations on what, what people should be doing when you're not right. doing it, you know? Um, so yeah, I, it's definitely a conviction for me. Um, and I, like you said, Sherelle, like, I'm like, we're here again, like, Lord, what, what, what is going to change? Like, I hope everybody keeps this this fire I hope that um for me it is a definitely a burning because of what has happened in the riots like you know yes the children it, it, there were younger kids out there and they're they, they don't have an outlet they are misguided so how can I reach more than I've been reaching you know what I'm saying like how can I help more and encourage more than I have been previously so it's and I'm like, I hope that I can, you know, keep the fire going, keep the momentum up because it is, it's, it's so important. It, it's just, I, it's I necessary. Can't imagine. I, I, I want to point out, okay, so I may, I want to, I, I think I want to, before we wrap this up, I do want to talk about the killer mic thing because I want to make sure we understand that as we go along, um, Y'all know I love me some Killer Mike. And, I, and, and when I initially heard him speak, my initial reaction was disappointment because I felt like he walked up there with a Kill Your Master shirt and then kind of dialed back the message that he had been speaking over the, over the years. Like I felt like the message didn't mas match the, the, the messages pr prior to. But I felt like he realized and recognized he had a responsibility not to have blood on his hands. He could not get up there and be like, "Yeah, burn this edge down." He couldn't do that. Is that what he is? That what he was saying? Pre I don't. I don't no. know. Really Killer Mike. So what? what well, is he, he he talked. You know, like I read Negroes with Guns because of Killer Mike, and Negroes with Guns. He's a big like Second Amendment um, advocate, and he talks about like you know we're not ready for revolution if we can't grow our own food if we if we don't have you know arms to protect our homes and things like that. So I hear revolutionary speak when I hear when I hear from him. And I felt like when he saw the protesters, you know, I think this narrative of not in Atlanta, Atlanta's different. I don't, I don't agree with that narrative. I think that, Atlanta, I do think that there are parts of Atlanta that, 
that are different. I live in Southwest Atlanta, so I see the black businesses. I, I, I frequent the black restaurants. I understand, you know, my dad has lived in Adamsville for the past 25 years. So like, I, and my stepdad is a black entrepreneur from Atlanta proper. My grandma still live on Hollywood Road. So it's like, I understand the sentiment that he has from Atlanta um, in typically Atlanta proper is what he's usually referring to. Um, in terms of like the strength of the black community, but I also feel like there's not enough focus on like the on what we don't do right. And there's a lot that we don't do right. Again, yeah, APD might move different sometimes, but they also just arrest some kids from selling water. But I say that all of that to say that I feel like there was a, I, I think that in that moment, he recognized the real responsibility he had to the people to not suggest to them, go burn this city down. He couldn't do that because he had a platform and I think that we all in our own ways have a platform whether you have 400 followers or 12 13,000 followers you have a platform and it's your responsibility to do the work and the research to to then come up with the ideas of what to do next so I think for us I think a couple of things that we could tell people to do and that we could do ourselves is is read and listen to audibles and watch you know watch the speeches of the people that you know, your heroes talk about what talk, listen to what James Baldwin is saying. Angela Davis is still alive. Listen to what she's talking about. You know, go back and look at, look at what Malcolm X and Martin Luther King were talking about. You know, we, uh, we often um, sensationalize these people as these figureheads, but like, if you read Martin Luther King's book, where do we go from here? Chaos, our community, you will see some ideas and information about what he was talking about. You, everybody's like, do it like Dr. King. And he was about peaceful protest. That is a tactic for a very specific reason for a very specific goal, because the same thing that I'm saying about Killer Mike, he couldn't have blood on his hands. He knew he was, he had to, you know, have people show up in their Sunday's best um, and, and nonviolent protests because otherwise they will all be killed and no, and no one will be allowed to tell the story. So we need to read up on the history of, of the American Revolution so that you can see how this country came about in the first place, right? Read up on that kind of stuff. Um, and then I think the next thing that we should really focus on doing is continuing to engage in dialogue. So we talked about, you know, coming together with a, a group of a, a bunch of women and taking advantage of this time of being on zoom and being i'm still somewhat quarantined i did go to target i was happy about that but um you know taking advantage of this time where we don't have to get together in person but we can get together on a platform like zoom and have this discussion so i think for us let's make that our next step Let's figure out, you know, we're, as we post this, let's, you know, if people are interested and want to become a part of this discussion where we are engaging in dialogue, because a big part of, you know, strategizing is the dialogue. We have to talk through it. We have to work through the kinks. We have to talk through our ideas. We have to figure out where and how do we want to make our next moves and what does that look like? Because everybody has a position to play. Not everybody's going to go be a teacher. Not everybody's going to be a business owner. Some people are going to be in corporate America and they're going to fund the revolution. And that we have to understand what is our roles, what are our individual roles and what is our collective goal and what are we going to fight towards specifically? Because we are mothers and we are mothers of black kids. And like you were saying, Santana, your black kid is my black kid. And that black kid selling water on the street is my son. And that black kid that can't read, that reads on a kindergarten level, but he's in ninth grade is my son. And and so we have to 
engage in that dialogue. So I would implore us to follow up to say, you know, once we get together and we'll do this offline, but we get ourselves a date and we reach out to the people around us in our, in, in our immediate circles and in, our, in their immediate circles and we get together and we just have dialogue because sometimes that is what oftentimes, most of the time, that is exactly what these ideas and these next steps are going to come from. So I would, I would like for us, I would like to challenge us to, to stick with that, to follow up on that, to reach out to people in our circles and we get together in the next week and we come back on this platform, on this Zoom platform and we, we engage in dialogue and we engage in that discussion so that we can figure out as we have this momentum, as we are seeing these images, as we are feeling these feelings, we come together, we discuss it, and we figure out what do we see in our individual lives within our community that needs to be changed and how can we get to that point. It's a good charge. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think it's going to be a, a good conversation. And like you said, I think it's going to, I mean, that's, that's where it starts, right? Yeah. Okay. So we'll do that. That's our follow-up and we're not letting up and we're not going to, you know, we, we, we cannot get, let it, let this week go by without following that up. I think we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to our community and we owe it to our children to create this world for them. And I feel like we can do it. What you think, Langston? He looking hey. like he like yeah, I feel you, but uh, I'm ready to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think this was a great discussion. I appreciate all of us for being able to be vulnerable and honest in our in our discussion and in our conversation. And I want that to be our next steps. And I want us to really, um, you know, as we wait, as we as we think about who we will involve in this conversation and who we would invite, um, you know, also think about the ways in which we can make it, you know, just the things that we've noticed and really, really become students of, of radical, radical change for our communities. So. I'm ready. I love y'all. Love, love you too. I'm glad we All talked. Right. I was like, oh, All right. a lot going on. I know. I feel like I got a lot off my chest and like, you know, these kind of conversations make you feel better. I, yeah, because I couldn't, I couldn't keep, I mean, this obviously was obviously therapeutic. I couldn't keep like badgering everybody with, with, with my tons of thoughts. And also I'm still processing, you know, like, um, I'm still processing. So I am, I'm still very careful with what I'm posting, what I'm putting out there. Also how I'm talking to my kids, because I am still processing. It is, it's a lot. Um, and you know, that we gotta, we, we, we owe it to our babies to, um, teach them properly, um, and encourage them. And that's, that's what I'm most concerned about. Not, and not just, I, when I say our babies, not just our physical babies, but like these children that don't, some that don't have, you know, two parent homes or, or even, uh, one parent home, a single parent home that with somebody that's working 80 hours a week is, is not really a home. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's serious. So I definitely am, I'm convicted and I'm ready to, you know, start the work. Look at that little hand. All right. So we'll reconvene offline and um, we'll be back. All right. All right. Good night, y'all.